0: An imitation based approach will develop basic skills more consistently and to greater long term benefit for all writers, be they talented or reluctant.
1: Hello, and welcome to the Arts of Language podcast with Andrew Poudois, founder of the Institute for Excellence in Writing So today Andrew, we're picking up a little bit where we left off. Last week you and I were having a conversation about reaching the reluctant writer. So I'd like to pick up from where we left off and actually have you share how you do The Fox and the Goat as a example of how you teach children how who are reluctant writers how to write.
0: And you're going to make me do that without a whiteboard.
1: Well, look, you've got your little pan. Do you want a pan? And you've got your little keyword outline that you can make right here. And what we'll do is we'll take a picture of your keyword outline and we'll post it with our show well, notes. Well,
0: if we do it well, the people should just copy it over. Of course, if they're jogging. Right. That won't work. But no. we'll, we'll post the thing so they can actually see yeah. the source text and all that.
1: Yeah, so without going into the whole talk that we just gave last week, I'd like to have you share kind of the difference between the piano student who uses imitation and modeling as, an, as a way to learn piano versus the blank page.
0: Well, yes, and my background is as a music teacher. Right. So I see the whole world kind of through the filter of a music teacher. So one analogy that I like to use to explain this approach is that of teaching music. Mm -hmm. I I will sometimes say, you know, if we had taught music in this country the way we've taught writing for the last 30-some years, it would probably go something like this. Sure, come on over to my place. I'll teach you how to play the piano. I'll show you how to sit properly and, and all the names of all the keys and notes and even how to use the pedals. But there is one little rule. You can't play anything that anyone else ever played. You have to make it all up. Express yourself. Be creative. Be imaginative.
1: So what you just described in a composition world is grammar and the blank page.
0: Basically, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so think for a moment. What level of musicianship would we get if that were the teaching methodology? Here, go home. And just experiment on the piano Mm -hmm. for half an hour every day for the next several years. Mm -hmm. Well, we would get people who could play something. But compare that with the approach that produces excellent musicians. Right. How do we do that? Play this piece. Play it in this way. Imitate me precisely learn to do what I can do, play another piece that's a little bit more challenging, gradually increase your skills on a pathway Mm -hmm. that is well-established over time, and then after you've done that for a few years, now let's talk about the creative elements of expression or improvisation or composition right? Mm -hmm. And of course, people can see this. People can see very clearly that if you just went and fooled around at the piano for half an hour a day for a year, Mm -hmm. what would you get? Right. But for some reason, it's, it's harder to transfer over. I think because most people teaching now were in school at a time when creativity kind of became the big uh, the big push, the big influence.
1: And we didn't want to ever plagiarize because right? that's that was bad. Whatever, that would be horrible. Whatever that is, yeah. I just don't want to do it. You have
0: to make it all up, think it all up, mm-hmm. express yourself, be original, be creative. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's pretty clear at this point that that has not worked well. Right. In fact, we talked in an earlier episode, I think, about that book, Why Johnny Can't Write. And that book, in 1990, the author claimed, writing skills have been on a continuous decline for 20 years. Yes. I don't know a single person who's going to argue that we're better off now than we were in 1990. Certainly not many of the college teachers and business owners that I know personally. So let's, without belaboring the point, acknowledge the fact that an imitation-based approach will develop basic skills more consistently and to greater long-term benefit for all writers, be they talented or reluctant. Right. Everywhere in between. Good. All right. So we're going to attempt to do a keyword outline on the whiteboard of our imagination. Okay. And people can, can download this later and look at it if right. they wish. Or right now, I suppose, if mm-hmm. they aren't jogging.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: so we have a short little Aesop fable. It's one of my favorites. The Fox and the Goat. And so usually I'll read the whole Aesop fable or the whole source text all the way through just so everyone can hear it, be sure everyone understands it. And I've chosen this source text, of course, because I believe it to be at or below, (laughs) most likely below, the reading level of our audience, of our class. (laughs) By an unlucky chance, a fox fell into a deep well from which he could not escape. A goat passed by and asked the fox what he was doing down there oh have you not heard said the fox there's going to be a great drought so i came down here in order to be sure to have water by me why don't you come down too the goat thought this a good idea and jumped down into the well but the fox immediately sprang onto her back and by putting his foot on her long horns managed to hop up to the edge of the well goodbye friend said the fox remember Be careful of the advice of one who is in trouble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is the modern stock market problem right here, right? Someone's got a stock, it's going to crash, and so they will do everything possible to convince you to buy it from them (laughs) right before it goes. Anyway, now we read that through, we talk about it. I think it makes pretty good sense to everyone here. Go back to the first sentence. Mm -hmm. By an unlucky chance, a fox fell into a deep well from which he could not escape. All right. So what would be key words there? What would you choose?
1: Fox fell
0: well. Fox fell well. Now, you could go with fox, Mm -hmm. but I just put fox and goat as the title. Oh, okay. So fox is kind of like a freebie. I don't think you're going to forget it was a fox. Right. So that frees you up to use a, a different word. Yeah, fell, well. Escape. Escape. Only he could not escape. He could not escape. So we want to use the not. Oh, Like not smoking. So I can't use four words. No.
1: You didn't tell me that rule.
0: I'm so sorry. (laughs) You get three words maximum. You can have fewer than three, but no more than three. Okay, got it. All right. So we're going to then underline fell and well and escape. We'll transfer those then. Okay into the keyword outline. And we recommend you put a comma in between each one. And then when we get to escape, we'll do that kind of circle and the bar through, you know, the symbol for no escape. No guns, no smoking, no escape. Okay. (laughs) All right, moving on. A goat passed by and asked the fox what he was doing down there. Okay. Keywords.
1: Well, I don't have to use goat because it's in the title. Asked, doing, down.
0: Asked, doing, and down. Yeah. All right? Now, one thing I do point out is that if you thought you were going to forget who was Mm, doing something or saying something, Mm -hmm. you could just put a G for GOAT. And in our system, as you know, symbols, numbers, and abbreviations are free.
1: Symbols, numbers, and abbreviations. So an abbreviation G would be... G,
0: yeah. So I'll just put G... And then asked, Mm -hmm. and then doing, and down. And hopefully then that will remind us later that the goat asked, what are you doing down there?
2: Mm -hmm.
0: All right. Now we have a quotation coming up. And so we can also think ahead and consider if we want to use quotation marks Mm. in our keyword outline to remind us that someone's speaking. Okay. The fox says, oh, have you not heard? There's going to be a great drought. So I came down here in order to be sure to have water by me. That's kind of a long sentence. That is a long sentence. You still only get three keywords. What do you like?
1: <laughs> okay. So I'm going to use F so I remember that the fox is speaking. Okay, good. I'm going to do a herd and not herd, right? So heard. herd. Heard. So so far I've only used one, right?
0: Yeah. And you can put a question mark with the herd. Oh, good. Okay. Because it's a um, question.
1: Drought.
0: Drought, that's a good one because it's hard to spell if you're young. Yes. It's even hard to spell if you're old for some people. So drought. When I get
1: one more. So I'm thinking I'm going to say sure. Sure? Yeah, because I want to be sure. And obviously if you are...
0: In a well. In a well. <laughs> you're sure to have water. You're sure to have water. Unless it's a dried up well. <laughs> right. But the fox wouldn't let that on, even if it was a dried up well. That's right.
1: Because he's sneaky.
0: Plus, I mean, really, how deep can this well be? It says a deep well. (laughs) Right. Only the fox is down there. The goat's going to come down. The fox gets on the top of the goat and climbs out.
1: Can't be that deep.
0: Six feet max? Mm, Yeah. Not really too deep. Right. But nevertheless, it's an Aesop fable. (laughs) We have to stretch reality. (laughs) It's like cartoons. All right. So you've got F and then quotation mark, herd, question mark, drought, And sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Of course, then there's going to be some little hotshot somewhere Mm. who says, but wait, wait, you could put H2O for water. This is true. And it's a symbol and it's free.
1: Yeah, sure. And then water, then water becomes H2O. But okay. So symbols are free. Abbreviations are free.
0: Numbers are free. And
1: numbers. Okay. I'm trying to think, can we turn herd into an ear? No.
0: Because I already wrote it, and I don't want to undo it. But (laughs) in the future, if you can draw an ear, you could do that. I, who am completely artistically inept, cannot draw an ear that would remind me of an ear. Therefore, I'd best not. (laughs) But if you could, that would be fine. Okay. All right. Now, the next sentence is short. Why don't you come down two? Hmm. You may not even need three keywords for this.
1: Down two with a question mark. All right. But not the number two, because that would might be confusing.
0: That would irritate me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, oh. T-O-O. Right. Yeah, two. With me, two. That one's a good one to get in the keyword outline. Mm-hmm. Then when the student writes it out, they'll get the right two. That's right. Very with good. With the two O's. Mm-hmm. All right. Down two, question mark, and quotations. All right. The goat thought this a good idea and jumped down into the well.
2: hmm <laughs> so
0: probably G mm-hmm. thought. Is there a symbol for good? A smiley face. A smiley face.
1: Sure, that's good. That's happy. Fine. Goat thought it was a good idea. No, well, and she jumped down into the well.
0: Jumped. Yeah. And we could use an arrow for down. I guess. Oh, that's very good. Yeah. So we've got G thought mm-hmm. happy face idea jumped arrow down. All right, coming into the home stretch here. Okay. But the fox immediately sprang onto her back, and by putting his foot on her long horns, managed to hop up to the edge of the well.
1: Hmm. Okay. Another long one.
0: Another long one. So think about where was the fox?
1: Well, he was in the well.
0: Okay. And then on the. Then on the back. The back. Okay. Let's go with back.
1: Mm-hmm. Back horns.
0: And from the and back edge. to the horns, and from the horns mm-hmm. to the edge. Maybe we should put the goat's back. Being spry and sly. Mm. Hmm. There's no other back to get on. (laughs) I suppose not. (laughs) Goodbye, friend, said the fox. Remember, be careful of the advice of one who's in trouble. Hmm. So if you wanted to, you could put F just to remind you that the fox was saying it. Mm -hmm. You probably wouldn't forget, but quotation marks, what do you want? Goodbye. Goodbye. Remember. Careful. Mm Mm-hmm advice all right so our keyword outline looks something like this fox and goat one fell well no escape two g ask doing down three f heard question mark drought sure h2o 20 Four down two five g thought happy face idea jump down six back horns edge seven f goodbye, careful advice.
1: And just to clarify, on line five, jumped and it was an arrow pointing down. So you did not break your rule. I did
0: not use four words. (laughs) Symbols, (laughs) numbers, abbreviations. So that's kind of how we would probably make a keyword outline. And with a student or a small group of students or a class, Mm -hmm. you could kind of just do this whole process together and let them copy it together. Mm -hmm. And then the next step would be to.
1: Well, tell it back.
0: Tell it back. So we would make sentences out of the keywords. So we might kind of remove, you know, fold or remove the original mm-hmm. source text just so you're not tempted to read straight off the original source text and then elaborate from the keywords the story. You want to try that?
1: Yes. Here's me retelling the fox and the goat only from my keyword outline. Not cheating. I folded over my paper. Good. The fox fell into a well and he could not escape. The goat, who happened to be passing by, otherwise what would the goat be doing there, right? Right. I mean, where did he appear from? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She wasn't in the well yet, right? The goat asked, what are you doing down there? And the fox said, haven't you heard there's going to be a terrible drought so i wanted to come down here to be sure i had water and then the fox said wouldn't you like to come down too and the goat thought this is a great idea so she jumped down the fox then jumped on the goat's back horn and edge and as he was leaving he said goodbye be careful About the advice that you listen to.
0: All right. Very nice. Thank you. And I think we could point out, lest we be considered sexist in any way, (laughs) that this story just accidentally has a sly, tricky, deceitful male (laughs) fox and a kind of gullible, perhaps a bit clueless female goat. Right. We could easily switch these. We could. We could have a sly, tricky female fox. And a not-so-bright, gullible male goat. Mm -hmm. So let us not fall into sexist stereotypes. Or we could just make the goat and the fox kind of gender-neutral and say it. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of hard to say it about an animal.
1: When they're having conversations. It's
0: talking. Yes. So I don't know. Deal with that the way you like. But Mm -hmm. nevertheless, that would be the step of telling it back. Then, of course, we move on to the next part of the process writing it out.
1: Right. And before we talk about writing it out, I just wanted to say in my experience in teaching this, both as a classroom teacher and as homeschool parent or a co-op leader, this telling it back really is the great empowerer. It helps those students who don't quite know what to say. Mm -hmm. Then when they face that paper, they know what to say because they've already practiced it or they've already heard someone else say it. This unit one is so foundational to what we do. We actually use the same idea of telling it back through all the units.
0: We do. And you know what's so interesting? Um, if you think about the process of writing something, mm-hmm. let's say from from a blank paper, you, know, you, you want to write something. What is the first thing you have to do?
1: Think of something to write. You
0: have to think of something and take that thought, maybe abstract or experiential, And you have to put it into an English sentence, Mm -hmm. a a syntactically complete sentence. Then you have to say that sentence to yourself in your mind. You have to actually hear what you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Right? So Mm. if you can't articulate a sentence to yourself in your mind, you're dead in the water. You're never going to write it down. Right. But you hear what you're thinking you remember what you said to yourself long enough to be able to write it down. And, of course, what throws a lot of children you know, kind of off track is they'll have a thought, they'll make it into a sentence, they'll say it to themselves, they'll start writing and forget right. what they heard themselves say. And they have to go through that whole process again. And that can be frustrating. They lose, quote, the train of thought, right? Yeah. So this practice of speaking it in order to hear it and then to better remember it before writing it is really at the core of the cognitive process that's required for composition.
1: So many writing programs talk about pre-writing. This would be pre-writing for us, doing the keyword outline and telling it back.
0: In the best possible way.
1: Right. And I think about the last episode, you talked about think before you speak I, this is thinking before you write thinking out loud you exactly. using the keyword outline and I think of the also exactly. the story that you shared in the last episode about the young lady that you know preteen who was frustrated cuz she had to do a keyword outline and it actually helped her with her writing but and she I, knew it and she knew it <laughs> right but I think you know I think there are many parents out there many teachers out there who are saying when do we stop requiring the keyword outline and the answer is, is never, because we can now. That's what they're doing. They're doing their pre-writing
0: right there. Well, you know, I've been at this long enough mm-hmm. that when I plan a new conference talk, right, when I plan a little speech, I really just do it in keywords, mm-hmm. and that is the habit I have, fortunately, and then making those keywords into sentences. You know, the first time you do it, it's okay. Second time, a little better. The 30th time, (laughs) I have the the outline memorized and I really work on the more skillful combination of words to communicate those ideas.
1: If you have never seen, I'm talking to our listeners now, if you have never seen Andrew speak live at a conference or at an event, um, one of the things that he will often do either before the event or you know talking to families and kids in the booth is he'll have his joke book and it's not a joke book like a published book it's a a black book that has keyword outlines of his
0: jokes it's true <laughs> all my jokes are in keyword outlines <laughs>
1: yep so if the, if you don't believe me ask him to tell you a joke and ask him to You won't, he won't show you
0: his joke book. No, no, because now I have the keyword outlines for all the jokes memorized. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, now we better move on because we will run out of time and just talk a little bit about some of the things that are encountered Mm -hmm. by the student, by the reluctant writer, by the teacher of the reluctant writer when we start to have them put the keywords into sentences.
1: Right. So the keyword outline that I opened my mouth and shared verbally. Unit two is now putting that pen to paper. So now
0: we have some fresh paper. Mm -hmm. We put the source text to the side, and we have the keyword outline side by side with the fresh piece of paper. And the student will then attempt to write sentences from the keyword outline, retelling the fox and the goat. Now, a couple suggestions, which I have found to be consistently over many, many years, very, very helpful, if if not vital, for success. Mm. Okay. The first one is skip lines, double space. Get the student from the very beginning to have the habit to write on a line of the paper, whether it's thick line for young children or notebook paper or whatever. When you get to the end of the line, mm-hmm. skip the next line. When you end the sentence, put a period Start the next sentence right there next to it with a capital. When you get to the end of the line, skip that next line. Mm -hmm. Continue and skip every line down the page. This is going to be so helpful in so many ways. Number one, it's just visually easier for a person to read what they wrote, to see what they have. Mm -hmm. Secondly, it's going to tie in with the other suggestion, which is for most people a little more weird. Okay. And that is no erasing. (laughs) Right. No erasing. One reason, erasing is a horrific waste of time. Have you ever watched a child write a whole sentence, decide they don't like it, and then take 10 times as long to erase the whole thing as it took them to write them in the first place? Painful. And it breaks, it breaks your, your flow because you got to turn your pencil upside down, rub out the thing you don't want. Brush off the eraser droppings. Turn your pencil right side up again. So what I strongly suggest is that you switch kids to pen rather than pencil. Line out what you don't want and then just continue writing. If you want to replace something you already wrote, line it out and you have a space above that to put in the word or words that you want to make it improved or correct.
1: And you have a space above because you skipped a line.
0: And if you don't skip a line, <laughs> as I say to the kids on the, on the video, you're in deep yogurt. Right. I don't know why. My father always used to say that to me. You do that, you'll be in deep yogurt.
1: Thousands of people who are listening to this podcast all cheered when they heard you say deep, deep yogurt. yogurt.
0: I don't know. So that skipping lines, using a pen also has the advantage of being more comfortable for a lot of children. Mm-hmm. Pencils can be kind of subtly disturbing mm-hmm. because they are changing all the time. So if you start writing with a pencil, after a few minutes, it gets dull-er. Mm-hmm. A couple more minutes, it's more dull. And a few minutes later, it's so different than what what the, you started with. We, we all have that kind of desire for consistency. And children in particular like that pencil to be the same and not changing all the time pens of course are consistent right and then I also point out that sometimes children and this would be more typical if you have reluctant writers they like to see clearer images i.e they want to see darker lines the problem with pencils is they're not really dark unless you press hard push hard yeah, and if you press on the paper, you get a darker line. You also break the tip of your pencil. so right. you have to sharpen the darn thing Right. Again. So I recommend actually a black or dark blue roller tip pen mm-hmm. for right-handed people because it gives you a nice clear line. You don't have to press any harder, and you can't erase it. Now, left-handed people, that roller tip can smudge a little bit. So for them, a ballpoint, which isn't quite as good... Or a super fine felt marker that dries almost instantly. Like a Sharpie? Yeah, uh, super fine. That's a good one for left-handed. But you would be amazed, or maybe you wouldn't, but many people (laughs) might be surprised at how well things go when you eliminate the erasing and give kids the freedom to cross out and keep going.
1: So you're saying that from this keyword outline, I'm creating a rough draft. I can't create a final copy if there's no erasing allowed?
0: Well, one of the things that we want to cultivate Mm -hmm. in young students, in all students, is that willingness to rewrite. Yes. I mean, all good writing is rewriting. Yes. So how do you cultivate that willingness? How Mm -hmm. do you build that discipline? If there's no erasing allowed on the first time, you basically then have to write it over or type up a second draft. No choice. And that whole thing we learned in school, I don't know if you did, but Mm -hmm. I remember the teacher would say, rough draft in pencil, final in pen. Mm -hmm. Of course, that was before... Can you believe we grew up without computers and laser printers?
1: Or ty- even typewriters. How do I we even live? Didn't have a typewriter I didn't have a typewriter until college. college. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah.
0: Unbelievable. We're really old, Andrew. <laughs> I know poor Michael's sitting here thinking, <laughs> how could that be? They probably also had to walk <laughs> to school barefoot in the snow, uphill, both ways. Both ways. <laughs> you yeah. know, only you in Minnesota. Minnesota. I live in California. Yes. <laughs> that idea, though, of typing the second one, I'm okay with that. It also gives the teacher, the coach, the parent an opportunity to put in the correct punctuation or capitalization or maybe change a slightly inappropriate word to a more appropriate one or Mm -hmm. put in something that's missing. And then, of course, we haven't even touched on the subject, but we will eventually, I'm sure, talk about the benefits of having a style checklist. Right. And once you've done this a few times with a keyword outline retell, rewrite, your reluctant writer is going to be much less of a reluctant writer. Now we can start to introduce some of those things that will promote a bit of creativity in the retelling of existing source texts.
1: Yes, and you touched on this idea of a style checklist, and this is so important to what it is we do here at IEW that I think we need to devote an entire podcast to talking about our checklist. What do you think?
0: Well, I don't know. It's like we're giving away the store. If people listened (laughs) to every single podcast, they wouldn't have to buy anything from us.
1: You're so nice. They would learn everything. They would.
0: (laughs) But we're out of time now. We are out of time. So I hope that helps any of you that have Reluctant Writer. And of course, we we have so many resources for people. We've got our online forum Mm -hmm. and every question gets answered. We assure that We've got all sorts of webinars that are mm-hmm. downloadable by people with a premium subscription to the website. and
2: mm-hmm.
1: Well, and also at the very beginning of when I introduced this podcast series of two on Reaching the Reluctant Writer, <laughs> I mentioned this was based on a conference talk. So we have that actually for on our website. We have that conference talk too. So, so
0: there's as much help as anyone could possibly need.
1: Yep, we're here to help. Thank you. Thank you.